Hello, Sipsters. Welcome to a bonus episode. This is weird, right? I know, I didn't even mention this was happening. This is Editing Anna. I just wanted to pop in, tell you what you're about to hear. So a couple weeks ago, I got the opportunity to be on a roundtable with a few other really, really cool mental health-based podcasts. It was just me. Unfortunately, mom host could not make it. But I, I got to talk to some really, really cool people about mental health and the media and all of that other stuff. And I want to shout out the people that were involved in this. It's a lot of really great people who are doing great work. So it's Capes on the Couch, Guardians MH, Pop Psych 101, and Popcorn Psychology. And those are four podcasts that talk about mental health. They talk about mental illness. They talk about how these things relate to the media that we see and hear. It's just really great conversations. And I'm just privileged to be able to be involved with these people. So this is the audio from that roundtable, largely unedited, because I'll be honest, I I didn't have the time, y'all. So regardless, hope you enjoy, and I hope you go follow these people on Twitter and listen to their podcasts because they are doing some awesome work. And without further ado, here is the recording. Hello and welcome to a very special podcast. I guess we're calling this uh, Sipping Pop While Guarding Your Popcorn on the Couch. Uh, My name is Anthony Sitko, co-host of Capes on the Couch, and I am joined by a quite a motley crew of podcasters, uh, a bit of a menagerie. Why don't we, I guess, all go around and identify ourselves. Uh, We'll start, since I'm looking at popcorn psychology right now on the the camera, why don't uh, you three identify yourselves? Hi, I'm Brittany Brownfield. I'm a child therapist. My name is Ben Stover. I'm a clinical director and individual therapist. My name is Hannah Espinoza, and I'm a marriage and family therapist. And we're popcorn psychology. And then next, I guess we'll switch over to Anna from Freudian Sips. Hello, I'm Anna from Freudian Sips. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor in Illinois, and I am representing myself and my lovely mother, who cannot be with us today. And... Uh, and then we will go over to uh, Pop Psych 101. Hi, I'm Mike from Pop Psych 101. I am uh, uneducated. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, but uh, I'm a, the co-host of Pop Psych 101, and uh, I'm bipolar, which is like my what I do on the show. I guess does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then uh, totally and then we got counts. and then yeah. we've got uh, Project That's Guardians. My angle. Yes. Hello. Uh, we are uh, Project Guardians, formerly. We are now uh, Guardians MH. We are a 501c nonprofit for the mental health awareness and gaming community. My name is Alex, also known as Sentinel Dad. Uh, professionally, I'm a malpractice investigator. I'm Dr. Goku. I am a resident in psychology and a the clinical director at Guardians MH. And I'm Joe, and I am the unprofessional average joe <laughs> all right there's more there's more you're not alone no uh i uh trained in various different uh uh crisis intervention preventions i'm also a uh, crisis counselor with uh crisis text line and uh continuing my own education in the mental health field excellent excellent well thank you all for joining uh this group that uh, i sort of put out a clarion call on Twitter 
uh, I think that's how we all sort of interacted and, and met with each other was, mm -hmm. was through Twitter. Uh, my show, uh, Capes on the Couch, uh, my co-host, Doc Issues, is a board-certified psychiatrist. So like, uh, like some of you, I am, I am not a professional uh, mm -hmm. licensed. Uh, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm an attorney. Uh, by trade, uh, but I'm just somebody who really loves comic books. And uh, unfortunately, Doc could not join us today uh, because his work has been absolutely ridiculous. He got a new position. And then I think everything just went to hell from there. And uh, <laughs> mm. uh, sadly for him, uh, good for his bank account, sad for him personally. Um, but so That's we what also- happens when you take on more responsibility. Yes. And also what happens when one of your, uh, the, the doctors in your ER gets assaulted by a patient and has to leave work for a couple of days Yikes. and you end up having to carry the load, <clears throat> yeah. which yeah, that unfortunately uh, happened. So in any case, um, I got you uh, all sort of together because we're all, we all play in very similar sandboxes when it comes to the topics of our shows. And I thought it might be fun to sort of uh, discuss sort of, I guess, what, what brought us into the field, why we, uh, why we care so much about mental health and why we all opted to create podcasts to discuss it. And then sort of discuss, I know several of us, uh, several of the podcasts here look at the intersection of mental health and various aspects of pop culture. And so we can discuss sort of the progression of the depictions of mental health through our respective chosen uh I guess, areas as well as uh, personal stories. So um, I guess that's, uh, so I guess I'll start with myself um, since I'm, I'm talking and no one seems to be interrupting me. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're all listening we trust so you, man. intently. Go for I, it. I am not that interesting to listen to, I swear. Yeah, yeah um, we talk specifically about... said though, try not to interrupt. <laughs> okay, that's that's true. I did say that. Um, <laughs> so we're just following your rules, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Um, I also so think we, there's a certain amount of irony in saying I'm not interesting to listen to, but you have a podcast. Own it, man. Well, is, well, isn't that what we all think? I don't think. <laughs> I think I'm fascinating. Uh, I don't know what you people. I'm amazing. <laughs> wow. There you go. Yeah, I, there you go. I, I, we're actually kind of awesome. So yeah. There's Agreed. there's just there's just so much humility floating around right now. I know. Yeah. Seriously, um, it's amazing that, yeah. that your heads have all managed to fit in the frames of the uh, the video that I'm looking at on the podcast. <laughs> Good self-esteem is important for mental health. Um, so I don't know how many <laughs> humble people operate podcasts just as a rule. There you go. Probably true. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> So in any case, Doc and I started this about a, a year and a half ago or so because we were driving, uh, we were driving to Pittsburgh for a Tough Mudder, and we were talking about how we've always wanted to talk about the intersection of mental health and its depiction in comic books. And we thought about a book, and we thought about um, you know a couple of different things, and we settled on a podcast because Doc wanted to retain some semblance of anonymity. Uh, with his his professional life, and also I have a radio background, and so we thought that would be a good marriage of the two, and it just sort of spiraled from there. and And the show started as a way to show the differences between what certain characters are alleged to have in terms of their mental health, like oh, this character is bipolar or this character has schizophrenia, and but what would that really look like, and what it's sort of I guess morphed into is a more general and broad-based discussion about each of the uh, disorders that these characters have and how you would treat them, but also discussing how they would be 
uh, treated in a in a real life scenario and focusing much more on the destigmatization of mental health um, in in terms of uh, comic books and, and pop culture writ large. So that's sort of how we got started. Um, anybody else want to take it from there? Sure, I guess we can go. Um, so I credit The Last Jedi really with starting our podcast. Hannah and Brittany, I would sit around and discuss how well we thought that Mark Hamill depicted someone who was traumatized in The Last Jedi and how that would be very easily, uh, or that would be, sorry, my mics are, there we go. So it, we thought it would be very easy to discuss how well he represented trauma and how a traumatized person might respond to the massive amounts of uh, complex trauma he has encountered throughout his life. And then when all the fan backlash started, like, well, what do you mean? Like, he's not acting like Luke. Of course he's not acting like Luke. Luke has happened to him. And then after we discussed it in the office several times, I went home and in the shower just had an epiphany. And then the next time I saw them was like, oh my God, we have to do a podcast because I know they both listened to them avidly. And I was like, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. Yeah, I think, I mean, specifically with that movie, I remember there was something where we all loved that Last Jedi so much because we thought it was a really intelligent, like emotionally intelligent movie. And I think we were all really caught off guard by the like what Ben was saying, the response to it. And so it kind of gave us an idea that there is a, not necessarily a need there, but there's definitely like still a disconnect between how mental health really looks um, in like media and when it's done well, like how it's still kind of misunderstood possibly by the general population. And I think the other part really was that we all worked in uh, community mental health and really uh, wanted to help in any way just decrease mental health stigma because of all of the, just all the interactions we had with people around that and really wanting to help people. Again, people are so uneducated about mental health um, in such a specific way that it really felt like this would be such a good way to help just increase knowledge about what it would be like and also what it's like to be in therapy. Because I think, because that also is so stigmatized as well. Right. And then I think the the last thing that I'll say about us is what started it, at least got me thinking about it was my favorite class I took in undergrad was a uh, psychology and film class uh, and reading the the textbook we use for that and then also uh, finding uh, Dr. Travis Langley's books on like Batman and psychology and all the myriad of geek psychology stuff he has done all of those inspired me to kind of go this direction with it and want to communicate about mental health uh, to destigmatize it in the way Hannah was talking about and put it so well mm-hmm. and, and what podcast are you guys we are popcorn psychology yeah, I just figured people would be like, "Who? I don't know who those three people are." <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah, I definitely failed to mention that. I do that sometimes. You always have to plug the show. Come on. Yeah. Um, Anna, I guess why don't you jump in then? That's that's good that I get to go right after Popcorn Psychology because I'm angry at Popcorn Psychology for doing the podcast that I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love movies and I wish I could have done a podcast about m- mental health in movies. So I, I love listening to you guys just because oh, you, you talk about mm. stuff that and you talk about it so well that I can't be too mad at you, I guess. But I, I, one of the reasons that we wanted to start a podcast mainly is just because we talk about this stuff anyway. Um, 
One of the things that I love about our... Oh, I'm Freudian Sips, by the way. I am Freudian Sips. I was about Sips. to say it. Ah! <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I, I am also Freudian Sips with my mom, Bonnie. She can't be here today, but... We are always getting together and we're always talking about new concepts and we're talking about different theories in psychology and eventually it just got to this point where like we should be recording this and maybe other people will want to listen to this as well because I really love that when we do these weekly episodes on the various things we talk about that I always learn something and I feel like a really important part of being in this field is just constantly learning and constantly growing and constantly, you know, expanding our minds and our own viewpoints. So I think it's really cool that we've given ourselves an opportunity to do that every week. Um, and very much like you, Anthony, my mom has a um, background in radio. So we were able to kind of join those two ideas and start something that we hope people like listening to as much as we like doing it. I think you guys are a hoot and a half. It's always a pleasure <laughs> yeah. to listen to the Thank way that the, the two of you, you interact um, and uh, play play back and forth with each other. Thank you. We are um, not quite as um, directed as some of you guys. Like I really, I, I really <laughs> admire that you guys have this, like we talk about this and we talk about these things and how they, you know, go with mental health. And we're just like, ah, let's talk about a person this week. All right, let's talk about an idea. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Guardians? Yes. Um, so I'm, uh, we are the Guardians MH podcast. We actually just changed our name from Project Guardians. Again. Since, <laughs> since again, <laughs> since we established our 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, Woohoo! The, the new uh, name hey, is awesome. Congrats. The, the, Thank you. Yeah, it, it was. It took a lot arguing with the state of New York trying to get the proper nonprofit name. Uh, but you know, the the podcast is an insulary item for us. Like we we started off. Um, well, Joe and I did charity streams for a couple of years, just back and forth for different causes. And um, I think Joe asked me, "Yo, so what are we going to do next?" I was like, "I think I want to do something with mental health," and and uh, we were just started started right away you know i personally i uh, i had a struggle i'm a suicide uh, survivor um so that kind of fueled my passion for it and so we started this we said all right well let's do a mental health awareness stream and like as we got closer to it, it was picking up a lot of steam like a lot of people were really into it it's like all right well maybe we'll make this like a yearly thing or we'll do different causes every few months and that's what we did and that evolved into a uh, mental health awareness community specifically for the video gaming community and eventually that just kind of evolved and we said you know what let's let, let, let's go all in and the podcast was simply just another avenue for talking about mental health for trying to break that stigma and you know we we definitely gear it towards the video gaming community but it's for all we do talk about pop culture um, on, on our show, every episode, we also do, uh, uh by Dr. Goku, um, <laughs> cause, cause he's the one that can form a consistent thought one moment at a time. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why he's a doctor. I mean, he's got a lot of student debt, but whatever. Um, Breach. You know, so, so we, we do a character analysis. It's either a video game character or or pop culture character like on our most recent episode we did um ash williams the protagonist from the evil dead series oh cool um awesome. dr goku awesome. to the king baby 
Yeah, this is my <laughs> yeah. boomstick, brother. Um, but you know, in, in in most of the time, Doctor Yoku tries to you know throw a, uh, a psychological spin on it and try and uh, more or less diagnose the character, which is a lot. Mm. A lot of our uh, listeners uh, really enjoy it. Mm. Um, so again, the podcast is another avenue for getting it out there, and we just try and have fun with it, and especially for the video gaming community, which has, thankfully in 2019 is being less stigmatized as we go on you it's 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 a diverse set of people that are playing this and it's not you know uh 20 year old guys in their mom's basement anymore (laughs) and to play off that more video games have an incredible potential to become powerful tools uh that can change the way people think about mental health i mean they can create this experience like no other like uh, there's uh, several games that have come out in recent years that depict uh, mental health uh, conditions and illnesses that video games have never really tapped into or were able to depict. Uh, the one that really comes to mind is Hellblade. Exactly. You need to really yeah. deep dive into that one. As yeah, that as, one was amazing. As far as psychosis is concerned. And then <laughs> we're, we're going to steal a few seconds and plug our friend Ken Hall um yeah. joe i mean he's he's a, a canadian and he's forming this game that's almost it's almost like an action in a card game where you're you're the whole synopsis of the game is that you're a soldier and you are uh supposed to manage your squad's mental health yep oh, the wow. mental health aspect of the characters mm-hmm. plays just as much of a factor as the fighting in the game so what's, what's the game called the, uh, it's destiny sword and that's destiny from sword. Two, that sounds awesome yeah it, it's it from sounds red. go ahead alex yeah it, it's from uh two uh two dogs games and they also partnered with uh a veterans organization up in canada to to get real feedback on the psyche of a soldier in the midst of combat yeah they partnered uh, with spartan wellness if i remember correctly yes right? uh, yep absolutely wow. right. but no so 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 that's kind of the uh, the 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 click or the medium that we were trying to go for again it was just another medium to uh talk about me- talk about mental health you know we also have like several other programs in our wheel for like uh, peer support uh real-time support we do have some uh mental health professionals such as uh dr goku in our community discord so people at any time 24 7 be like hey i'm having a problem can I talk to someone and we very much say, you know, we are not a substitute for professional care. But if you're in crisis and you want to talk to either a mental health professional or uh, a trained crisis innovation specialist, such as Joe and myself, you can do that. Um, That's super cool. That's such an important yeah, resource because so, I think have, a lot of people don't seek mental health because they don't know where to start. They don't know how right, to start looking. Right. And it, especially for the... Uh, the community, we try and touch the most, like video gamers, there are touching back on that stigma there are a lot of video gamers who are i think recluse is too much too harsh of a word but people that are less socially are less yeah introverts (laughs) are less less socially active i know like down here where i'm in atlanta like i have very few local friends most of my friends i know online you know Mm -hmm, like joe dr goku some of my other gaming friends so having that medium to to talk to someone when you don't you might not have a confidant in your local area. It was really, it was very important to us. Yeah. Have you guys heard of the game uh, that Dragon Cancer? No. 
No. So, so uh, and not to side rail this too much, I just thought the video game thing was so interesting with the mental health aspect. There is a a father. He was a, a video game designer or coder, and uh, he lost his son, his young son, like three or four years old, to cancer. Uh, and oh yes, I know this game. Yep. Yeah, and it's obviously oh. I can't even imagine. You know, just so yeah, yeah so he hard. Was- he he won one of the awards at uh, mm-hmm. the video game awards recently. Yeah, this game is like uh, he he wanted to document what grief is like, mm-hmm. and you you play this game where you're it's more like a story game, but I guess you you go through and kind of follow what happens like in the hospital and at home with his child, oh, wow. uh, and it's kind of like a select this game, you know, point click game, and but as the game goes on, you lose less control of what you're doing. And because because the cancer won, um, it, it, but he, you know it's obviously at the end like there's a lot of lessons to be learned about like how to deal with you know something you can't control or not. So I I just thought that was interesting. Absolutely, yeah. oh, it's very. That's not, very I don't know I don't know how far we're actually going into uh, if you've yeah. ever played the game <laughs> Depression Quest is a really good little yep. indie game that's a great one yeah it's it's really it really gets you in the mind i think it's especially important for people who don't have depression to play because it really helps you understand what it's like to have depression and that like out of control feeling is is very it kind of builds as the game goes on if you don't like get help for this depression then you just have less options it's a really powerful like really getting inside the viewpoint of someone who has depression no, I think another one that plays alongside that uh, depression quest is actually Night in the Woods, oh, which yeah. uh, really depicts yeah. uh, depression and anxiety as well with somebody, you know, that moves away from home and then ends up moving back home and then having that, you know, isolation and then the depression really hits them. It's a really uh, interesting game and really uh, touching. Actually, the the creators of it, I can't think of the studio off the top of my head, but Adam and his wife, uh, I'd met them at PAX and they developed the game and he actually suffers from depression and anxiety. Mm. So that's another one to look into. It's a really great game. But, I'm going to have uh, to get you guys to send me a list of these. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> yeah. Can do. We'll put them in the show notes. But in a uh, nutshell, that's kind of uh, where our podcast um, uh, uh, birthed from. I think not only that was a great story, but also uh, a lot of good tips and potential uh, following games for some of the the listeners uh, of this podcast. So even if you're not super into gaming, I'm sure there's there's a video game out there in that lengthy list that uh, that might interest you. Um, so Mike, I think you're the only one who didn't get a chance to to go uh, on sort of where where Pop Psych 101 came from. Sure. Uh, uh, so yeah, Mike, uh, co-host of Pop Psych 101. Um, we are, we're a lot like, uh, popcorn, popcorn, popcorn psychology where, uh, I call them a sister podcast. There's like, there's a few of us that are really similar, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, concept, but, um, I think we all execute it like dramatically differently. Um, and it's, it's just cool. Cause there's just so much information and we're all, it's, I don't know. It's easy to get into with the movies and stuff, but we do uh, mental health um, in movies, books, television, and we do news and stuff as well. Um, but like I said, up top, like kind of my angle on it is that I do uh, have bipolar disorder uh, and I host my podcast with a um, 
with a therapist uh, who lives in New Jersey. And uh, we met like randomly online. Um, I'm a, I'm like an audio guy, uh, just like a, you know, an audio file and his show was out there and I ended up hearing it. And um, I, I kind of got the sense that he needed help with his sound. And uh, he had, he had another podcast he was doing. Um, and I just offered my assistance, like editing his podcast for free uh, as a kind of like pay it forward to mental health um, because he was doing good work for free. And it, I just thought he needed to be heard. And um, we, you know, sort of formed a friendship that way. And then he, he wanted to expand that show and he ended up deciding that uh, he made a list of things and was like, put it out on a poll on a, on a Facebook group, like a podcast or support group. And it had like a whole bunch of ideas for segments for a show he wanted to do on that current show. And one of them was uh, the movies, books and TV, like sort of angle. And I was like one of the only ones that was like, yes, do that. And uh, eventually he just like emailed me and was like, do you want to like make a different show and just do that? And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, and for me, like getting into it is like, I've, I've just always, I'm obsessed with creating. I, I can't stop. I've, I've just, I've been, um, you know, in bands since I was like 13 and I've, uh, I, I used to be uh, a pitch writer. I used to assign, I was in it on an agency. We like wrote pitches for sitcoms for a while. Uh, we got fired and nothing. Yeah, it was terrible. We were, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, no one ever picked anything up there, but yeah, I've done just so much different kind of things. And this is just like the next Avenue for me to do something creative. Um, so I always do kind of like to say that when I joined pop psych one one I, I started it very selfishly. Um, it was just another avenue to create. And there, whereas I was like doing the helping him out because I wanted him to be heard uh, with the audio for like free. Doing Pop Psych wasn't, I, I wasn't thinking like, oh, you know, I could help people by making this show. I, I just kind of thought, you know, I'm going to do this fun thing for me. Um, but then we released our third episode. Uh, we did... Um, is what we do is, is is we find something in the media and we cover a very specific thing. For example, we did uh, bipolar disorder in Silver Linings Playbook. So we talked about their depiction of bipolar disorder and whether or not it was accurate. And that's that's kind of our angle. Like the, it, things are portrayed this way. Is it accurate or not? And if it's not, what does it actually look like? Um, so we talked about that movie and, and Ryan was uh, just enthused that he thought it was like such a great portrayal well i have bipolar disorder and i didn't think it was the best portrayal um it is up until a point in silver linings playbook but if you really pay attention in the third act the his mental illness just disappears and they don't ever talk about it again it's like he's cured because he found jennifer lawrence because of the power of love yeah yeah, the power of love. and Which is uh, a trope you see over and over. Like, yeah. Benny and June's a good example of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's she just like... Johnny Depp and she's fine. We can live independently all of a sudden. Yep. And, and so we... Like, Ryan had an opinion, and like by the end of the episode, he was like, whoa, you know, I didn't think about that. But what, what ended up happening was um, we had to record the episode twice because... Uh, and I hate this word, but I, I kept getting triggered. <laughs> oh, sure. Mm -hmm. And I had a really hard time talking. 
um, about uh, like the intensity of his uh, of his bipolar disorder that was being portrayed. And I just kept like stumbling over my words and, and I couldn't think and I was asking terrible questions. And, you know, I'm an editor. So at the end, I was like, I think this is salvageable. And he's like, OK. And, and what I ended up doing is I just put it out without any edits in it. Um, because it, it just felt like this is a real, this really happened to me. You know, I was triggered by these events that reminded me of me. Anyway, the the point of that is, um, apparently that reached people. Um, we just like, we kind of just like, you know, rocketed after that. And, um, we got a lot of response to it, but what we got was letters. We got a few letters from people, um, about how much it helped them and, and to see like somebody, you know, and just kind of vicariously feel the same thing. Um, and then my selfish need to make something just totally like 180 on me. Uh, and I realized, oh, wow, um, there's this whole other thing. And so like my goal just shifted. And ever since then, you know, we just, it's just been kind of like trying to help people. So we have like a, a Facebook group where people can come and, and just talk about their problems if they want to, or goof around or whatever. And it's, it's called Pop Psych 101 Mental Health Chat, but it's like way less about our podcast than it is about just what's going on. But um, other than that, yeah, we just it, we just fool around every week and have fun. That's awesome. I, I, I think we can Love all agree. It. I think we can all agree that like using the podcast as a medium, like even if we just reach one person to at least consider and think about their mental health, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Absolutely. And yeah. using pop culture or um, or be movies, video games, comics to show mental health as a relatable topic can really destigmatize things. And I use um, popular culture in my own private practice almost on the daily to either get a link with a client or work on a specific diagnosis or on homework for them to yeah. work on to help them heal through some of the difficulties that they may have. Well, I actually have a question. I did the same that. thing. Cause it's all uh, around us. It's something that we can all kind of baseline understand. Yeah. I was just going to ask like all of the professionals here that, that use that, like, because you're, you guys are dealing with strangers basically, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. Do you think like most therapists and psychologists do that because like it's the way in? Not really. It, no. it depends no. on the therapist. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I've had an interest in uh, po in popular culture, mainly comics, video games, since I was a kid, and it followed me through undergrad. I did my graduate thesis on it. Uh, I got certified as a superhero therapist uh, this year. <laughs> and awesome. it's it just part of my entire upbringing. And as 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 a quick sidebar <laughs> for the character analysis we talked about, uh, we we made Dr. Goku as a Canadian uh, do a character analysis on Captain Canuck. <laughs> True story. Oh, no. <laughs> that was it was fun. awesome. How did that go? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it was good. It was surprising. I these guys are awesome. I'm telling you. Got to do all of Alpha Flight then. <laughs> <laughs> you can do See? Logan. You can do Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. All the that we haven't even touched on. 
We haven't really touched any character. of the really big characters yet. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, the therapist on my podcast, like he he won't do Batman. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, I get that. Won't I fucking won't hear him. that. Oh, shit. He's like, he's like, Superman and Batman are the people you don't really want to touch. <laughs> That's what Doc says on our show all the time. He he doesn't want to do Superman. He doesn't want to do Batman. We did Captain America, and even that was a difficult one to, to discuss. Uh, we only did that one because one of our our top level patron said, Oh, I think you guys should do Captain America. It was like, well, oh, no. yeah, well, we did Cap too, no and Cap was, was tough. It's, yeah. it's a lot of pressure. I mean, I talk about Batman in every podcast. <laughs> yes, you do, Ben. Yes, you absolutely do. I'll, I'll tell you when it I, just to be mostly to troll Hannah and Brittany. But. Yeah, mostly it's just like a dick move. I'll, I'll tell you one of our favorites we did was Squirrel Girl. <laughs> nice. It's a very fun character. Hey, um, she was. Yeah. So I so I I think uh, you know we're we've we've heard a, a lot of personal stories um, so far at least and and uh, getting back to, to some of the things that were being said earlier that uh, I forget who it was that said it that if we can touch one person with the podcast um, it's all worth it and and mm-hmm. uh, to sort of piggyback on on what I think it was I think it was Mike that was saying like it got away from it got away from us like it's mm-hmm. it no longer became about what we wanted to talk about and then it became okay how can we really help people um how can we make this bigger than ourselves how can we make this really uh, impact the the larger community and have something positive to say and and uh you know and the the great thing and I'll sort of use this to segue into to the next topic I want to discuss is we've started talking to writers and we started interviewing them on our show. And um, what I've really been fascinated with is this notion that they really, the writers nowadays have really started to take a lot of the mental health uh, considerations into their writing and that they focus much more on what, on, on really humanizing these characters because back when comic books started in like the thirties and forties, you know, it was, it was tautological. Good guys were good because they were good. Bad guys were bad because they were bad. Like that was mm-hmm. it. It was black and white. There wasn't a whole lot of gray there. And then over time, really starting with the sixties, you started to see this little bit more of humanization and characterization creep in. And nowadays uh, we, we interviewed uh, Jeremy Whitley and he wrote all about uh, the unstoppable wasp and Nadia Van Dyne and how in the book she goes to therapy. And that is that is shown. And I um, interviewed Robbie Thompson at New York Comic Con, and that interview will be uh, well by the time this episode airs, it will be out. But he wrote Silk, who went to therapy. And mm. I think one of the things that we're seeing now is this idea that depicting characters with legitimate mental health struggles is okay, and that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to show that. And we, when we were talking to Jeremy, his depiction of Nadia going through a bipolar episode, she went from the manic to the depressive. It, the The time frame was slightly compressed, but the depiction itself was incredibly realistic and did such a service to show what that is really like. And that bipolar disorder is not two face flipping a coin that there's mm-hmm. actual depth to it and so what we've seen over the years uh and certainly in recent history is a realistic much more realistic portrayal of mental health struggles in comic books and i think it's for the better and i think that if someone reading these books sees the characters going through this and they're like wow they're a superhero and they can do all these things and yet they're struggling 
then and they're going to therapy, then I then if I'm struggling, I can go to therapy because if they need help, you know, and they're like a superhero, then you know, sort of like it, it, it makes them more human and, and it can impact people. And that's what we like to talk about on the show. Um, and I don't know what everybody else is. I'll just sort of throw this open. Then I don't know what everybody else's experience is in your field of expertise or on your show or whatever, but what have you seen in terms of the, the depiction of mental health struggles uh, throughout pop culture as it's progressed through time? I, I think if I can jump in that, I think one of the most important things you just said is that those those characters are going to therapy. They're not just getting better because they're dating Jennifer Lawrence or whatever. They're actually working on their stuff and they can. It's not just going to be a magical fix. It's going to be a lot of hard work. And I think that a portrayal that's been in media is something is going to happen. A big thing is going to happen and then you're going to be better. And that's Mm -hmm. not how it works. And I think the more that media depicts that it is a journey instead of just an event, I think that gives people hope that just because they're not better after they go to therapy one or two times or something big happens that it's like, well, then I'm not going to be better ever. Right. Because it's, it's not like, you know, like bipolar disorder or like a personality disorder is going away. It's, yeah. it's got to be managed. It's mm-hmm. not this like three act thing and, you know, woohoo and all that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, well, I'm done working on my mental health. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. Well, I know, I know, I know for us, I know Dr. Goku's like a broken record with it, but it's a record everyone <laughs> should keep playing. But I mean, mental health, along with your physical health, of course, is a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing I see uh, a lot in my practice is some of the new clients, they want that quick fix. They say, all right, one or two sessions, because they're used to going to their medical doctor saying, all right, you have this, take this pill, you're good to go. Yeah. Mm. And they expect kind of the same thing within therapy mm. and not seeing it as, okay, this is going to take six, 12 sessions or a year or more. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, I know in the US and Canada, we kind of have different systems, but they're still rather, rather similar in terms of insurances, in terms of mental health. To go see a mental health professional, most insurance companies pay for three four if you're lucky it's treated as a luxury not a need yeah and it's something that you can do some work in three or four but you're not really going to get to the root of the issue and completely help the person manage what's going on right yeah the one thing i've i've said repeatedly and i've said to my wife who's who's started going to therapy is recovery is not linear and i think that's another important thing that that a lot of people miss that if they're having they're improving quote unquote mm-hmm. or that yeah. they're they're managing it better and then they have an off day all of a sudden oh well i just i guess this didn't work or whatever no you're having mm-hmm. a bad day you're ha- it's a setback it's not a reset you know and if you if you can keep that in mind you know you a general you that if that if it's possible to keep that in mind that it's not linear that you may take three steps forwards and then one step back and then four steps forwards and three steps back or even two steps forwards and five steps back. But as long as you continue focusing forward, I think that's that's the key thing. And, and, yeah. and any pop culture depiction that shows otherwise, you know, as you said, that all of a sudden, oh, I found the love of my life and therefore everything else goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> well, I know that Hannah and I actually watched Carrie last night. And Ooh. there's a line in it where the original, the remake, the original, the original, where Sue, the main non Carrie character, like goes to this whole big trauma of, you know, all of her class dying and stuff. Spoilers. Um, and <laughs> the mom says on the phone to her friend, well, the doctor said she's so young that she won't even remember this. And she's like 18 years she's old. She's a teenager. And so like that in itself is kind of the old school mentality that like once something happens to us, like we can just get over it. Just get over it. Or after long enough, it won't affect us anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that always bothered me about older movies that I think now a lot of movies have gotten savvy to. And I don't know also if it's because we now are in a time of like these big cinematic universes where there are movies over years and years and years where we're able to see how these characters are further affected by all the things that happened in earlier movies. Mm -hmm. But I remember like Hunger Games being one that really impressed me when I read the books and then saw the movies of oh, this really horrible thing happened to her. And then she's continuously affected by that thing. Not this idea that's in a lot of media where once the thing that is traumatizing is passed, then they're fine. They can go back to baseline like nothing happened. Right. right. That series even ends kind of like that, where it's just like, and she's still affected. You know, it's not yeah. like, like she's doing her best. Ending. Yeah. And Peta's still affected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I was going to talk about... Um, uh movies because i have to go in like five minutes um uh well you said you wanted me to talk about books <laughs> i am the, i'm not a reader that's ryan <laughs> but well, uh, I was as far as like books are you talking about books thank god i have listened Audio to books are fantastic <laughs> yeah but just like as far as generally like the portrayal of, of what i've noticed um you know we're on like 50 episodes now so it's like uh okay i'm really starting to get a grasp on on the portrayal throughout history and just in general i i would say um my opinion is that it's hit or miss in any decade uh there are some earlier stuff like one flew over the cuckoo's nest that's like just so right on in my opinion they, they hit the nail on the head with yeah. that one right and even to the point we talked a lot about when we did that episode um people don't like nurse ratchet in that uh, they, you know, she's like this like horrible villainous character throughout all of media, right? Like right. totally well, mm -hmm. well known. When really, when you look at it from like our perspective or even a professional's perspective, you're like, she's just trying to do her job. Um, and they portrayed yeah, right. her that way. And she just got a bad rap because she had to be forceful, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and, and, and of course, when you take into account like the period in which it's supposed to be depicted right yeah and there's a lot of sex she was burnt too. out <laughs> yeah and the viewpoint yeah character. i feel like for 80 percent of that movie she's handling herself like a professional would and when you watch that movie when you're younger you identify with mcmurphy and go like like oh the system is screwing him but then as you get right. older and more of a professional you're like no mcmurphy has antisocial personality disorder and yeah. continuously yeah. demonstrating deviant behavior oh he's such he's the worst you know <laughs> uh mm -hmm. entertaining but <laughs> he's the the problem in that area you know mm -hmm. um but just there's stuff that's so good in different decades and, and then there's stuff that's just so wildly off 
But that, that's the important thing that we have to look at with media and the depiction of mental health is who is the viewpoint character? Who are we supposed to be identifying with right now? Who is the one telling the story? Who Who is, you know, where do all these factors come into play? How it's being framed? I mean, if we're supposed to identify with the person experiencing the, the mental health problems, then is it being depicted in a way that is both relatable, but, you know, understanding and gentle and but also as harsh as it needs to be. I mean, there's a really difficult balance to walk. I agree. And I think the something that I want to touch on with mental health in media is something we touch on on our show a lot because it makes all three of us bananas is that the you either see someone in therapy and then everything's okay uh, after a few sessions or they talk to a therapist once and like, oh, oh I'm okay now. And it's like, hold yeah, on, the though. epiphany like, in one session. Therapy mm -hmm. and mental health meds aren't like taking a uh, dose of antibiotic. You can't yeah. take it's a not course a of meds for a little while right. and then be healed and be better. Or then the therapist is going to say something so mind-blowing in that session. It's going to get to like the very core of your being and like alter your whole brain chemistry. I've right. had more than and one person say, I thought this oh. was going to be more like Goodwill hunting. And choke each other against a wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you see, the other thing is that you see so many of, oh, this therapist is actually your hidden love interest. And they were actually the person who you were supposed to be with. And you see that trope over and over and over again. And it drives me nuts. Gross. Oh, yeah. And that's like the most unethical. I couldn't even imagine a real life. Therapist. I'm sure it's happened a bunch as, of times, but as it happened as against the law, as a malpractice, in, it, as a malpractice investigator, yeah, a lot. Yeah, wow. Gross. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be shocked. Yeah, it does happen. We talk about it. What episode? We talk it in our episode Step of Step Brothers. <laughs> we really go to town on uh, Hi, Mike. on everything. Hi, Mike. Yeah, we talk about it. Well, one of the things that I, you know, like as a supervisor, I get trained to look at is the statistics of like what the ethical complaints actually come in as and what people get busted for. And, you know, I, I'm sure like as you as a uh, investigator, you see a different side of it than I do. But the side that I see, at least in our state the past couple of years, is that it's not as rampant as media makes it seem. It does happen, but the range of complaints is the uh, of 20, there's maybe two instances where that gets to complain and then the other uh you know 16 are complaints about people not completing ceus which are continuing education right, yeah. and then two more CEUs. are people who didn't do their didn't pay their taxes and they, well, they find well, you for that yeah and 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 the the sad part about it is that a lot of times that these kind of things don't get caught until it's someone under investigation for healthcare fraud which is most which is about money yeah. Uh, right. Right. Is a sad yeah. part of the you know <clears throat> North American uh, healthcare uh, culture. Um, but yeah. Um. So I guess the 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 next thing is um you know what is uh I know we were talking and we we've had a couple of personal stories so far, but what are I guess what drove uh, certainly maybe the professionals then um speaking as a non-professional what drove you to come into this field or why is it that you wanted to um 
you know, enter and into helping others? Was there, was there something that happened in, I guess, in your past, what's your origin story? I'll get us, I'll put it in, <laughs> in comic book terms. Um, let's start with, yeah, with Anna. Cause I know Anna has to go soon. So yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to get her out before she, before she pops out. <laughs> we already, we already lost fast. Mike. Um, I mean, I guess my origin story is that I have a lot of trauma in, in my past. Uh, my, my father actually has antisocial personality disorder. And so growing up with him, there was a lot of abuse, um, especially most emotional abuse. And so I, have grown up struggling with depression and anxiety. Um, I've got a touch of OCD. There's there's a lot. So I, I know what it's like to be in the client's position. And so I just kind of, as I got older, this solidified in my mind, like I want to help people who are going through this kind of stuff. Um, I think that's really common in uh, therapy and being a professional. A lot of the people I met in schooling had the same kind of stuff where like, they, if not they themselves experience this kind of stuff, then they know someone really close to them who does. So it does help to have that kind of inside perspective. Um, if we're going to talk about media, then I know how important media is in just kind of opening up that it is okay to struggle with this stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of the book Speak by Lori Hulse Anderson, um, but that I read that when I was really young I want to say like 13 or 12 um, and it depicts someone who goes through she, she she's raped and she goes through kind of the trauma of dealing with it and being really quiet about it and kind of getting to this place where she can get help for it and I I've never gone through that myself but I related to her in how she was handling her trauma and just being able to read, and she was, the, like I said, she was the viewpoint character. So just being able to read something from someone who was going through the same emotions I was going through was really powerful. And I think that if we're talking about the depiction of mental health in media, that that is something we need to think about is how the people that are going through the same things are reading these and seeing seeing these films and playing these games and saying, oh my gosh, it's okay to experience the things I'm experiencing. Like you said, like, oh my gosh, they're a superhero, they can deal with that. You know, they're a superhero, they're going through that. It's important for us to see that it's just a thing that we experience as humans. Yeah, it's a thing that, that happens to us. It's not it's a not defining yeah. at attribute of who we are. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a, a thing and things happen. Very well said. Very, very well stated. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I, and I do think it's important that that there are those sort of positive depictions of people uh, with various um, disorders and uh, issues in media, because we always, we as, as a species like to look for ourselves and sure. we're looking for, for someone to relate to um, in the med in media. And so if we can find ourselves in that and we say okay well if they're going through it then then i can do that right. um but but do it in a positive way yeah and i and think, I think that, that's one important that's thing that's happening in media and ben you kind of touched on this when you talked about the last jedi is i think people were caught off guard by how luke was being portrayed as someone who's gone through a lot and is dealing with that trauma it's because the movie didn't say like look at this person who's dealing with trauma it's it wasn't it's not a movie right. about trauma but there is a character who is 
explicitly experiencing it. It just isn't stated. And I think if a movie or a piece of media isn't explicitly stated as, oh, a book about mental health and mental illness, then it kind of gets shoved under the rug a little bit. Or completely misinterpreted or eviscerated, even in the case exactly. of Last Jedi, by many fans. Like, if you look at how Joker was uh, depicted, like, it's very clearly depicted that this is going to be a mental health movie to take mm -hmm. on Joker. Mm -hmm. And Last Jedi was, you're right, not even remotely. It's like, it's Star Wars. It's awesome. Right. And go and enjoy Star Wars. I'm like, this is very different movie. This is a very different movie. Yeah. They ruined my Luke. Yeah. You know, that, that, those, those people. Mm -hmm. The exactly. butthurt fanboys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh. Um. So I guess uh, I'll jump in really quick. This is Hannah from Popcorn Psychology. Um, I started seeing a therapist when I was 25, and my first therapist told me that maybe I should think about becoming a therapist. And I was like, "What? Oh. I don't think so. I have way too many problems. So I struggle with depression, anxiety, um, and past trauma, and." After, and it was one of those experiences where once I got to grad school and I was sitting in my first marriage and family therapy class, it really felt like that was where I was supposed to be. And so, and since then, I, you know, I've been able to complete everything, but really, I think um, being able to, being on the other side, having been a client, I think sometimes really is helpful um, when it comes to having a good idea of what it could be like for a client coming in. Like at the end of all my intake sessions, I pretty much say, thank you so much for coming in. I know it's really hard to tell somebody all of your stuff. And I really appreciate that you're able to be as open as you were just because I think it's something that it's really, it could be really stressful. So, and I think, you know, what I really like about doing our podcast is that we really get a chance to kind of lay it, to lay it out for everybody and to kind of point out like, no, this, 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 this is not how things work. This is not what this would actually be like. And I think the other thing that, that um, I think is a little bit different about ours is that we have three different mental health professionals. So I think it's also really helpful to show people that all three of us look at things in a different way, which I think again, talks to how important it is to have a really good fit for your therapist. I think that's something else that people don't realize that, you know, it's so hard to make that phone call and make that first appointment. And then you go and you're kind of like, mm, I don't know if I really like them, but then feel either A, like that's, well, then I'm not going to go anymore because I don't like them or B, that they can't do anything about it. Right. Not one it, size fits all. Exactly. And in, in, mm -hmm. in speaking like professionally for what I do for a living, like all these people are licensed. Um, yeah. It, it's def definitely here in the United States. Like you depending on what state or territory you live in, you, you can, you can research all of these people online, the, the, the federal state and municipal governments are mandated by law to produce data pertaining to, you know, uh, the professionals past, like where, where they graduated from their independent schools, what kind of certifications they have. If, if they are uh, someone who can, who can prescribe medication they by law they have to list like what kind of stuff they're billing to medicare and medicaid so you can do your research and you can kind of pick up on red flags if you think someone might not be a good fit so uh, i highly suggest anyone to do their research before uh, picking a provider yeah and i also like if i've had several people who um 
have found me on like psychology today, which is one of the places that people find, uh, find us. And they'll send me an email and said, Hey, can I just talk to you? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, I will absolutely talk to you and answer questions just so that like for, you know, not for like an hour, but like, so to give you a sense of what I'm like, like, yes, it says it on my profile, but sometimes we just have to do we vibe. Do we exactly, exactly. Like, do, does it feel like you, you understand what I'm going through? Not necessarily, um, instead of having to wait until that first appointment and try to, and try to wait for that. And so in my anxiety has actually been something that I have to deal with when we record, like I have a whole setup. I'm currently holding on to like a crystal and a rock. It's like a very, I have, I have the whole thing I have to do. And actually, if you listen to our episodes, I don't really talk that much in like the first like five or six episodes because I'm so anxious and so worried about voicing my opinion and people thinking that I don't know what I'm talking about. And so, I mean, even that, you know, can sometimes come up. And so I think it's also part of why, um, part of why I like doing this so much because it's also actually helped me um, feel more, I don't know, feel better about that. that I know what I'm doing. Syndrome. Exactly. <laughs> and and then the, the, those, uh, I have to go guys. Thank part. you. Bye. Bye Anna. But Bye, Anna. Those, Thank you so thanks much. For nice, nice, thanks nice for joining. And then I had to leave. So I left. But if you want to hear the rest of the recording for when I wasn't there, you can go check out any of the people that I mentioned before. So that is at Capes on the Couch, at Guardians MH, at PopPsych101, and at Popcorn underscore Psych. And those are all on Twitter. And go you go check them out anyway, even if you don't want to listen to the last part of the recording, which you should. You should go listen to it. So go listen to that. Go listen to these guys' podcasts. They are amazing. And if you came here from one of those places, welcome. I hope you listen to more of us and I hope you enjoy it. And for now, thanks for listening. Bye.